Welcome to the Leadership Expose podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet an entrepreneur, a technical services leader, and investment promoter, a member of the Zimbabwe Institute of Occupational Safety and Health, and a global citizen doing business in various cities around the world, uh, mainly Harare, Dubai, and Cape Town. We welcome David Binza, CEO of Darafin, a South African registered global trade consultancy firm, and a business that is focused on international trade. We will learn about David's perspective and expertise on global trade as an economic growth catalyst for Africa and technologies in managing a diverse and effective supply chain. Welcome, David. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, Stephen. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk and uh, also share what sometimes we, we keep within the four corners of our houses and minds. But uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Wonderful. Um, David, when we spoke uh, earlier, you mentioned that you're in a wonderful place by the coastal area. Uh, and, you know, I'm here in the UK. So just tell us where, 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 are, you, where are you based? Okay, so I'm based in the three cities of Darafin, which is Cape Town, Harare, and Dubai. So I mainly, you know, sit in these three different places uh, for, for different reasons for the business. So I literally am, you know, comfortable in all these three places because uh, they all have their own uh, flavor, should I say. But uh, as a person who's trying to grow a business, uh, I feel you should be comfortable in, you know, multiple cities and have your own appetite in all these places. So um, this is, uh, is it west or south, southwest of South, south Africa? Where, where, where exactly is it? So we, we have Cape Town, uh, which is close to, you know, the, the ocean. So should I say False Bay? Uh, and uh, that's a place where most, most of our, you know, business originates from a lot of the Western Cape, because the capital in itself. So when you you are into trade, you want to be closer to certain people. And Cape Town is a very comfortable place to, to do business in terms of international trade. So I'm also from Arari, so we have business there, so that's home. Uh, Dubai is where, you know, we, we spend a lot of, you know, time because we want to, to be able to bank efficiently. So in international trade, you end up having a person without being based in one particular zone, like in London, like yourself. But uh, you have to be able to move around and be able to, you know, attract more cities into your portfolio. That creates a better synergy towards you what you want to achieve. So that's that's David. Wonderful. David, tell us a little bit more about your personal journey and the intersection with your professional journey. How did you come about to what you're doing today? Just walk us through it. Okay, so I'm a person who's naturally into sciences. I believe uh, I grew up in a very 
a formal education system in Zimbabwe, which is uh, quite rightly uh, opened up a, a very formal approach to life and how we do things. So the scientist in me led to a path where I wanted to express myself in a, in a manner of helping people. So I saw occupational health and safety as a manner of prevention of that, you know, we want to say we, we, we can operate on a person who's already about to die, want to save lives, but the actual saving lives is where people spend their time. We're 80% at work. And uh, these people really need a caring person at that level who can actually influence them. So I saw that journey uh, up until 2017, formerly with uh, Health Development Academy Award, uh, in Zimbabwe, which is an occupational health and safety you know, diploma. What this entails is that I understand the law of my country, uh, taken up my experience from my high school mm -hmm. years and through my, my experience in Russia uh, to learn uh, a lot of things to say that you, know, you go through this formal experience that leads to a point where you can say I'm part of an institute, which is the Occupational Health and Safety Institute, which is now you being recognized by your peers as not only your education, but your ability to actually help on the ground. And it's something that I started to see as value in impacting to others when I had assistants who would come to my site, you know, when I'm working, you know, that transformation of actually helping 200 people uh, at a time. And that was something that I, I found very attractive and very informative and I'm learning different people and helping different people and being basically a person who uh, stands with my science. I still also like the commercial side of, you know, of industry. So my affiliation between, you know, actually doing this big industry business where you have huge construction sites, you know, where does the commercial balance come in? That's where the international trade comes in with my experience in economics uh, all these things is through the years going through various companies from you know the largest colliery in Zimbabwe to the largest construction company in Zimbabwe so uh, working through the years these companies teach you a certain steadiness uh, understanding and uh, they teach you a certain etiquette in, in business in how you present yourself to a point where I realized that I need to take the lead, this ability and administrative ability and system to a certain level, uh, where I feel I'm also you know, capable. And South Africa gives me the opportunity through my various partners and the cosmopolitan and the rainbow nation and all these things allows me to, to be able to move around and be comfortable with the company that gives me the opportunity to mind about the miner who's actually giving us the product to actually to them getting paid that I toy and we investing in them and investing in their banking system, investing in the whole value chain, as I mentioned, and ensuring that people trade their materials to the best possible people in a safe possible manner. And you know, that's something I'm highly passionate about. Okay. That's that's a that's a very interesting journey that uh, that you've started and uh, and where you're at. So David, you're 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 committed to workplace health and safety, but at the same time, you also mentioned that there is a commercial element to it, which is the global trade or the international trade element. 
And you're leveraging that as, as you described it as a catalyst for the region within Africa. Um, and also you're bringing in all the technologies to, to support that. Tell us just very briefly, I know you touched on this, but what is your value proposition? Well, value is is what this is all about, uh, getting to the bank. Uh, I think we expressed ourselves when we got to a website point where we wanted to, to speak to the people and express what do we exactly do and where we look for our money. Uh, we are into commodity sourcing. Um, what commodity sourcing does to us is we speak to the miner. Uh, we know miners at various stage. Uh, there's some people who have good ground, but they don't have permits. So that's, remember that occupational health and industrial hygiene, I'm very particular about permits, I'm particular about things being done right. So I advise on these different suppliers still they actually can trade and having a leverage on, on that is what we call commodity sourcing. So we have, you know, tiers in which we approach our market. Uh, and uh, the value we get from that is that, for example, you know, we find a lot of people are looking to invest in certain commodities in a safe manner from Africa. And uh, there are a lot of people who doubt, were you know, skeptical, this, but we want to create a Darwin brand, which is something that connects with those miners who are actually on the ground, getting it off, you know, the dirty rock, but actually trading to the best bid in a safe way, in a manner that we feel, you know, we guided it. So that passion of quality, uh, you know, everything comes to, you know, ISO, working in that, like I said, high end, you know, we want to do things right environment, pushed me to want to do it within my own firm, you know, within my own direction and Darafin within shareholding structure allowed me to express myself more in this. And so we source for commodities. We have a working relationship with an investment bank, which assists us with trade finance. So if we have a good deal, they will assist us. So we, we have funding backing of good transactions there. So we actually invite suppliers who actually think about exporting to say, come on the table. We can actually uh, get you on the table, the right people, and get you to trade to the best market possible. And that, for me, is satisfying in the sense that we, we do actually help the people. You know, entrepreneurship is about helping a person from the person you think is you know, not capable, but that in Africa, you might say, see someone, but they have land, land which has good minerals, good agricultural you know, inputs can you know, come out of the export products, can come out of the, we want to be able to have that synergy of trade. So yeah, it's, it's about really pushing uh, our commodities into the international market and uh, working on the international level. So Darafin really does offer uh, much in that regard in terms of value. Uh, the final thing is we are a broker. Uh, we broker for, for companies that do not know the laws. For example, in South Africa, we assist them with the laws with logistics and all those other things. Those are subcontracts that we work with other people and third party responsibility like SGS and so forth. So we feel we're a company that's within the fullness, like I said, the, the shareholding of this organization and the various partners, like the specialist in oil, specialist in, uh, in mining, assist me to be able to put that level of administration, 
quality into all these systems and actually bring out value and, and actually good deal. Yeah. And um, so you're basically operating on a business to business model. Is that true? The business to business model we work is very much correct, but we, we, we realized our situation is not only online, like we faced a lot of situation where we find people are trading. Uh, you put a particular commodity online, we actually work with the mines that we work with. You'd understand there's a commodity like coal, which is big, uh, you know, in, in certain countries, you know, the environment, yes, we think about it. So there's, there's a lot of things that from me coming from a core background that I realized that there's value that I have even in the trading aspect of it. So we hold contracts. We actually end up buying ourselves with the and So we are now a trading company. So we can actually acquire instruments uh, and, you know, we have products like fuel that, you know, getting at a vessel or level, you know, we instruments are actually pushing to, to try get our business, you know, actually within the synergy of the market. So we are B2B and we are also our own trader. So we, we find value, you know, so every day I meet various people offering various things, interesting things. So we always try to bring an African into, into the mix to be able to trade their goods and ensure they help them to have all the permits required for them and to be able to bring exports, including the funds. Yeah. David, you've you've obviously got a lot of experience and a lot of exposure across the different ecosystem, yeah. and you know you have a, a a working firm as well that is, you know that's that's thriving. Tell us a little bit more about your leadership. You know what's what's an experience or a story that you can share, um, you know from the time as a senior leader or in your existing role where it's resulted in a highly positive outcome? Okay, um, there's, there's something that I always do, uh, which leads the legacy thing. I actually uh, found out that when I got into, you know, actually working with people every day, I realized that I have a responsibility over them. In, in my role in safety, because you you probably induct everyone, so you know everyone on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and you always have to be really sensitive to what they, they're going through. So as a safety uh, specialist all on the construction site uh, in Harare, uh, the CBZ of Zimbabwe, the Commercial Bank of Zimbabwe, the building what are called, you know, their headquarters. It's like uh, three two-story buildings, uh, you know, in a massive, small, massive, but rather small space. But, you know, the largest construction company in the park, we Simba, we're there, you know, we have subcontractors, we have people, you know, over 270 workers at a time at that construction site. And I'm responsible for each and every task on assign a task basis. So I had almost a, a thousand job cards every single week. It was really a lot of work that focuses on the person, you know, do they actually know what they're doing in their work cycle and documenting it. So you're actually seeing trends that I realized that uh, one thing that we should always remember that makes 
you know, that leadership that everyone is important is a little, you know, um, thing I used to do at Portugal to box stop just before work. Uh, I'll get on site and we all go around, you know, there's a prayer, you know, we talk about, you know, something about safety, we always keep it short, and then, you know, people get their job deeds and everything, people start work at the site, people have to start work early. So I'll tell one very early in the, you know, one, you know, some some guys I knew, they're young, you know, they seem, you know, very quiet. You bring them in and say, you know, come come with me to the neighborhood. I would ask everyone to say, okay, who's really responsible for this young man? And a lot of guys would look down, expecting time, you know, they're not really, you know, caring. But then you'd find that, you know, when I raise my hand and, you know, a few others and we ask who's really important here, who is really responsible for this young man, everybody raises their hand. And then they realize that that's the actual uh, reason everyone is alive, we're responsible for each other. And for us to actually create an ecosystem that thrives, you know, in our commercial requirements to actually be met, we can actually do it. So it's something that I hold on now and I implement in a lot of our systems with different partners to actually realize that, you know, some deals might seem difficult, but if you communicate correctly and you perform, you put in the right requirements in terms of uh, ISO. I strongly believe ISO is there for a reason. So I'm, I'm that kind of person now that uh, believes everyone is important and tries to instill that in my work every day. Wonderful, David. And as you have been probably experiencing, pandemic has been, has been hard on pretty much everyone. How are you navigating through that? Well, the internet is something amazing. Uh, I realized one thing about the pandemic. We realized that we're so used to all human-to-human interaction and uh, how we can use technology using the palm of our hands with a cell phone. But I realized with we, me as a person and growth, we have to come onto the internet and we have to have a dynamic website, a website that's actually alive and breathing, just information and content that is relevant to the time and space. So I put a lot of time in, you know, working with my team to get a proper website up. So it was, you know, a blessing in disguise uh, because we wanted our website to be modern, to be fresh, to be something that you can actually go to daffinco.za uh, and be able to see the world of commodities, you know, what, what it is to actually trade the actual commodity. You know, that's how what benefits the actual miner in Africa. You see numbers on the wall. Some of them actually don't reach the right people. So we're trying to bridge that gap and actually grow, you know, smallholder miners, smallholder farmers to to actually export. And you know, something that is exciting. And uh, I feel the pandemic hit everyone, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but we have to remain positive and uh, build the world forward. You know, I believe in positivity and the right energy is to to look into the future and do the right things going forward. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's it's such a such an important topic about, or rather, a lot of topics have actually been risen as a result of pandemic. When we talk about mental health, even workplace safety, and and even how you're doing business, it's it's completely changed. Um, 
I'm 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 curious from where 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 you are at located. Um, you're in South Africa. You do business within the African region, but you also do global business, glo global global trade as well. But within within where you're at, did you really feel the effects of it? And um, have you completely bounced back from it, or is that is that still kind of just navigating through well, the surface? Well, 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 Africa is Africa, you know. Like I mentioned to you, you know, um, when we said South Africa and Zimbabwe and uh, Dubai, which is the UAE, we were still able only to work with to stay within Africa, it was really bad. You know, everyone was on quarantine. It was really bad. You know, people, you know, passed away. People we dear and love, and you know, it, it's something that's real. But now it's not a topic as such. You know, we we now not focusing on masks. We're traveling, and we're now back connected to Dubai. So our business starts, you know, with banking. You know, if I can be fancy with my words in administration, but if I'm not playing with the bank, I'm not doing my work correctly. So mm. my 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 responsibility now as a CEO is to ensure that everything that I do, you know, post-pandemic is as quickly as possible. <laughs> also, to ensure we recover a lot of, you know, anxious moments we had, you know, in the, in the past two years, but we feel we can start, you know, meeting, traveling, you know, talking, getting products moving from various places. We were affected by the war, yes. Uh, we are, you know, we're into commodities and that, that really shocked the market and things like that. So a lot of things do happen that is, you know, already post-pandemic that we still want to deal with. But we, we remain, you know, as to since our, our group of partners and buyers and sellers that trust in our ability to create a synergy for them, and us to to trade together multiple commodities has always been a happy thing. So I'm I'm happy with the post pandemic uh, work ethic now. Certain you know companies. So we're recovering. I think Africa is you know is in a very good place now uh, to to be able to push a lot of things, especially in the EV market. You know we have a lot of resources in that space. You know we want not only for people to realize the benefit from the mineral, but from the value chain, the logistics, you know, the training, you know, that happens with engineers cross from one, you know, country to another to, to help each other in installing big machines, you know, those type of things I think about. So I think post-pandemic is about positivity, and especially in business. And if you really have the guts to be a leader to say, what am I going to make sure that 100 or 150 people get their salaries at the end of the month, you really have to think positive about the yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you how do you do that, David? Well, I mean, like, do you obviously you're, you know, you're you're in the highest position within the organization. So do you where where do you where do you get your inspiration from as a leader? Do you follow other leaders? Do you have your own map? What, what how how exactly do you do that? Well, to to be honest, you you draw inspiration out of uh, certain people as you grow from school to, to actually the workplace. You draw certain people where you have actually seen successful systems and you, you want to emulate them, but your, your hunger is not the same in a certain position. When you're an employee, you're restricted to certain you know, rules and uh, precepts. But in my situation, 
I'm interested in everything possible for my organization and that hunger is what keeps, you know, like say, where do you get the ideas? The ideas uh, use that standard etiquette and administration to keep going for the for the highest possible opportunity. So the synergy grows within the ecosystem. Uh, you, you end up making partners with specialists like uh, people who feel they need a strong administration within the fuel. Like we know, we know fuel is something you know, very important for, for, for us. And I feel, you know, responsible as well as a commodity that we don't want people to overcharge, you know, in the system we want it to be priced correctly for all the other, you know, lower hanging commodities to be cheaper and to be tradable nicely for our logistics partners not to overcharge. You know, those things become part of everything you care about. So I feel my, my, hunger is to keep every single connection within the ecosystem of our business that actually pays us to be efficient. So that's a bit, you know, need to be CEO situation. <laughs> so that's that's usually what, what it ends up being. But that hunger to keep on making synergies, to grow the business, to get more contracts, to get more partners, you know, that's that is something I, I hold dear to to grow the business and meeting new people actually making changes on the ground. Excellent. David, um, you mentioned about, um, you know, workplace safety and global trade and, and so forth. But is there any other important topics or trends on your mind, just generally where you're at, that you feel impact people, business leaders, boards, and, and, and area, any areas that they, they need to focus on? Any important topics that come to your mind? Well, coming from uh, Zimbabwe, uh, I feel, you know, a lot of people focus on things like politics, they focus on things like, uh, you know, negative knowledge of, you know, where this, where that. I feel very strongly towards a more clean understanding of life. I feel strongly towards sport. I, I feel the energy people when you know when they're supporting a sporting event where they're thinking about sport people might think that's the most casual the usual thing but i've seen forty thousand people screaming and not being you know in any each other's throats because of football but put a different topic there and there's trouble you know so i feel my country is very strongly about sports and about you know cleaning the environment through the right right infrastructure so I believe in, in 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 any sense to to what you're saying that you know we can actually build a better world through sport and I I really love Real Madrid uh, in that sense you know yeah uh, that drive for 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 excellence I feel that should be for Africa you know if we can have that same mentality in every organization that we drive for excellence and we can instill that same mentality into our young kids through sport, you can actually see a discipline because I, I used to play sport a lot when I was uh, a kid. I, I love football because I was quick and up to now I know how it helped me to discipline my mind, keep myself healthy. And I feel a lot more responsible towards Africa, towards that. And I feel I should be putting more of my time of the investment into that because obviously I'm, I'm thinking about the commercial part of the business every day because I have to, you know, 
uh, be responsible for, for the outcome. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we should collectively bring that topic on as business people in, in, in Southern Africa, especially to see the change South Africa got from the World Cup, you know, for example, you know, the development, the jobs, the infrastructure. We need that also in, in Zimbabwe. So I feel strongly that being a global citizen, maybe I can bring some of these ideas and meet these people that are willing to invest in, you know, good land and good real estate and all those things. So yeah, we're growing within that. So we have a vision and I, and I you know, strongly feel that, you know, we, we can still grow in that aspect as a business to invest more into, into things like sports. Yes, that's, that's something I, I feel strongly about. Wonderful. David, tell us a little bit more about you. What, what does a day in the life of David look like? Start morning to bedtime. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I like my late morning because I like my late nights. Uh, that's that's the unusual thing because sometimes you have to realize the time differences of certain people you're working with. But uh, early morning, uh, I like to pray. I'm a spiritual person. I believe very strongly into God, and I I, I know that uh, I need to to humble my mind and thoughts every morning to know that, you know, there's an ultimate in terms of what I do. And then I have my coffee. Uh, the first button that goes straight to these days, it's WhatsApp and emails. You know. Before I breathe, I have to look at them. You know. And then, you know, I, I dress down each and every event that is requiring my attention. Sometimes I have to address something quite late sometimes so that I can, you know, look. The person can wake up and just find it there, you know, and I don't really have to be really on it early, early because, you know, I have to make sure that uh, all these issues that come through from different transactions, new contacts, new suppliers, David, I've got this person who wants that, David, you know, you know so I, I have my, my, my way of working through all the issues. I, I speak a lot with my chairman. Uh, Mr. Nitian the Mamato, he's a South African uh, experienced uh, former NC, uh, you know, uh, serious person in terms of business, uh, former, you know, managing director of Chancellor House. So he's he's someone I speak to a lot. He's a senior person. He's uh, someone of great wisdom. So after I speak to him, uh, he get perspective to the transactions which we can take on some of which we can't uh, we also talk to a lot of suppliers you know, you know we have to you know hear what everyone has to say as a business so a lot of what i do then goes to uh, finding out the chairman thinks about that and then actually making the decision after the discussions with other shareholders and uh, getting documents through to suppliers to you know to different buyers and also making sure that I talk to buyers because the, the whole point that keeps us afloat is, you know, you sitting there, Stephen, you have $10 million, you want to, you know, buy something in Africa. We, we want to make sure we continuously talk to you, you are happy, you see everything and the legalities are in place. So there's a lot of that as well that makes the late nights because sometimes my clients are Indonesian you know some people in you know, hong kong some people you know in the middle east so it's it's you know it's like that a lot of zoom meetings these days you know zoom has become acceptable so uh 
after that, I'd like to spend time with my daughter and my wife. Yeah, that, that is very important. Uh, that refreshes my mind. My daughter is uh, two years now. She's, she's a lot of energy, but, you know, she's, you know, an inspiration in herself. And my wife, you know, that's, you know, great support and backing, you know, you know. So now it's David winding down and just, you know, being able now to check a few of my social media things like LinkedIn, of course, I feel there's a, a good place to to talk about real things there and you know wind down and uh, probably watch a Real Madrid match if possible they're always late so that's good enough for me because <laughs> yeah they always start at 10 and uh, yeah that's the day in the life of David. Excellent that's a full day it's yeah, definitely yeah. a full day. Um, David we are uh, coming to a close uh, do you have any closing messages or even a challenge to other leaders that you want to share here yeah I, I feel um, strongly about our abilities now to come out of the shadows of Africans to be able to speak at a global level to actually know that you know example of this platform you know we can actually talk and realize that you know let's Let's come out. You know, there are a lot of people with a lot of good stuff in Africa. I'll tell you that. And they just owned back and think, you know, they're going to come and they're going to take, you know, buy from me or, you know, trade in that manner. Let's start being open to trading internationally. That's the only way we can build those big factories. That's the only way we can build those big jobs. Construction companies start building big warehouses. And, you know, that creates a sub-economy in everything. So I'm very much passionate about pushing for everyone who is in Africa in business to try and you know push for export. You know, let's think about exports. That's the only way as Africa we can catch up. You know, we hear the word development. You should be excited about development because it means there's opportunity. So developing or emerging markets are a higher opportunity. So I feel strongly about that pushing for the opportunity of export. And those companies that are feeling a bit nervous. Come to Darafin, we can assist you to trade comfortably, you know, to get, you know, the right advice and to get a friend in your, you know, path to, to getting an excellent product base. Uh, whether you're a buyer, whether you're a seller, whether you're an agent, you know, we're trying to build synergies where, you know, even a conversation you can learn. That learning in a good conversation with the right person you can then bring the right person for a right transaction. So a lot of these things, people forget that the base interaction of people interested in international trade creates factors. You know, in, in an essence, a conversation can create a factory. So I'm very passionate about that and bringing Darfin at the forefront to be the buyer, to be the seller, to be the broker, and to be the question mark there for you. Going to say well, what's the answer and ultimately like, yes the answer is the solution to each other so Darwin and its shareholders who are capable and knowledgeable partners and specialists on the fuel mining agriculture investment banking we feel very strongly that we can push Africa forward wise words from a uh, a, a leader and who is bringing elevated awareness to doing business in Africa. David, thank you very much for being with us today and sharing your journey. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen, for having me. Wonderful. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we will we'll hear from 
a ex-marine who is now a business leader on his journey of building a new business. And we'll hear more about that in the next episode. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.